Good morning, everyone. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. What's going on? How are you doing today? Welcome to your Takeover Tuesday. How are we going to dominate the world today? I'm a little disappointed. I was going to interview my little cousin Jackson uh, for the podcast today, but have to go into the office. Uh, I don't know why I keep calling him little. I just want you to know we're not the same age, but he's like a grown. Well, he's not grown. He's 18. Um, but he's not a little kid either. The most time we got to spend together, though, was when he was little, and he was really super fun. What a fun kid. I mean, he was uh, knowledgeable, and he had a lot of questions. He was so curious, but he was smart, so he wasn't the kind of kid you could just be like, you know, here's a goofy answer and, you know, go on about your way. He he would be like, mm, that doesn't make sense. What what else you got? <laughs> He was fun, funny. So well, we're going to push that back. So that might pop up at the end of the week or early next week, depending on how it goes. But me and Jackson chop it up. He's an interesting person. And I believe these younger people are the sort of the driving force behind a lot of this social unrest right now. And uh, I mean, I'm here for it. I love their tenacity. I love their boldness. Um But, you know, I don't want to be led around by a bunch of teenagers either. We need systemic change, but also we need grownups to to be a part of the conversation, too. You know, so I uh, I think if you're over 40, you have a very distinct viewpoint about this um, situation. I've heard uh, two or three people not even talking about criminal justice or social justice. in any specific way, just addressing certain questions. And I mean, we've, we're all over 40 and we all have the same sort of view. Like, yeah, this is great and everything, but there are people who really do need to call the police and they need the police to show up. That does not mean there's the system's not uh, flawed. It is, but it's better than uh, not having anybody to call. And you can't just disregard victims. I mean, if you've talked to a victim's family and you've seen that grief uh, and how badly they want uh, the whole system to, to deliver justice for them, um, you can't not be moved by that. Um, so it's easy to talk about it um, in some broad way if you've never been uh, touched by the crime or if your your family's never been a victim, you know. So, again, let's just keep having a more expansive dialogue. But I love the passion. And I hope it really does filter through to businesses this time. You know, again, uh, if you start just seeing all these, especially in Hollywood, because entertainment is probably the most uh, pervasive. It's in your face. It's in your life. Um, And, you know, it really grips the mind. So it's an important thing. You know, like People want to be entertained and they get immersed in these films, immersed in these movies and video games and, you know, even sports. And that's a platform. So if you keep coming up with these, I'm, we're just going to put a writing program out. No one wants to hear that. You know, if you're not offering deals, partnerships, real access to the platform, then it's just more bogus chatter. And that's where I think people really need to have their feet held to the fire. Um, Because access 
is everything in the entertainment industry. If, if you can have all the talent in the world, but if nobody's like giving you a chance to express yourself, I remember I was in LA and I, I mean, people were calling me brilliant and I was young enough to be like, oh, thanks. You know, but then I got frustrated because I'm like, if I'm so brilliant, why aren't you writing me some checks? Like, why aren't you giving me a chance to show how brilliant I really can be? And I probably wasn't even really brilliant back then. I'm a little more so now, though, because <laughs> I'm old now. <laughs> I know what's going on now. See, you, you call me brilliant when I was 22. Yeah, I get it. But I'm really brilliant now. It's funny. Um, but yeah, I I just want to see real change and, and call out some of these people are just paying lip service to it because everybody wants to be a part of not uh, drawing the wrath you know, but are you really making changes? I'm telling you, I, I saw it many years ago when I was, uh, you know, as a person who's mostly been an entrepreneur for the last 10 years, I look at job postings almost reflexively now. It's like, I can't help it. It's like, oh, let's any company page I'm on and I see a careers page, I'm going to look. And I said many years ago, there are plenty of jobs out here. And when you go and look at these companies and how they're constructed and some of the n new, more modern companies take pictures of their staffs, you know, and you could just see there's no black people there because most of the people on staff are engineers. They're doing something with computers. And it's like we're not even training our young people, not just black people, but if you're in the public school system, you're not even having real access in a lot of your schools to the knowledge that you would need to get the jobs that are out here. We're not preparing our kids for the jobs that are out here. Why is that? And if you're in a low income area and you have to go to a low income public school, you might not even have books. You might not even have access to things. And it's not always just the money. I had a friend who was doing some consulting in schools. She went to a school, low income, tough neighborhood, and they had been given a technology grant or something. They had a million dollars worth of tech locked up in a room because nobody felt like figuring out how to put it into the school. I mean, come on. How is what 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 kind of what are we talking about here? So a lot of the issues that we have, it's not like they don't have solutions. You just have the right have to have the right people in place to enact them. And a lot of times people are trying to do the least amount of work for the most amount of money. And so you got to get down and figure out what the real problem is and also be able to admit it. Because I've noticed that sometimes black people don't like to admit uh, it's weird. Like they don't want to say certain things out loud because then that would be admitting that it actually is happening, um, which is a big reason why so many of kids of color get molested and never say a word and actually it's a family member or someone and that person is still in their household or still in their lives or 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 household like they see them regularly i've heard that story more than once you know that weird uncle or that weird cousin um so instead of ostracizing that person and getting them out of the family unit and removing him from a predatory position they just leave him there and they, they just tell the kids well don't be alone with uncle so-and-so like what 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 is normal about that 
I don't, I don't, I don't like, that's mind boggling, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's fascinating. I, we, like I said, these are big problems. We're having very, uh, giant conversations about things that are going to have to change on a molecular level. I think Marcellus Wiley said it best yesterday, like, yeah, there's the big problem up here, but then also you got to address the things that affect you individually and how you are individually in your family and family unit. And I agree with him, you know, this whole, like, let's just make a bunch of kids and, and not pay child support and never be involved in anybody's life. That's got to stop too. And nobody wants to say it out loud, I guess, because it's offensive to people. I, I don't know, but it's not sustainable. You're not going to create a strong community if the family unit isn't strong. You know what I mean? He was spot on about that. So I don't know. I just think we're in a very weird time. And if you want to fix stuff, you're going to have to go to the rooms you don't want to be in. You're going to have to open the doors to rooms that you don't want to expose or talk about. And until that happens, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's going to be the same thing. It's not going to get fixed. And, you know, we have to stop addressing all these crimes against unarmed people as if they're the same. If you're attacking the police, how do you expect to not get shot? And I get it. You're going to go find a a video of a white person who didn't get shot. Okay, great. That doesn't help. I'm talking about this guy right here who decided to try to disarm the police. What do you think is going to happen to you? You know, the police officer has two seconds, one second to figure out, is this person a menace to everybody? Is he trying to kill me? Am I what's happening here? You know, so you don't and you don't know people are wild cards. I've watched some video where it's like, I don't know what this human being is about to do, but it, it he just did something really terrible. So it might not be good. You can just guess that they're not in their right mind. So, you know, you, I just don't understand how all of these fall under the same. Ca- if you fight in the police, you, you can expect to catch, to catch a bullet. That's just, they're trained to, for one of them to go home and it's not you if you're the criminal some things are inexcusable you know some things are obviously egregious some things are you know you just can't expect that that you're going to get a different outcome than that so I don't know again you can't all these cases are different they're all they all are and we need to stop trying to have these big giant conversations about things that need to be dealt with on a case-by-case basis also so you know I didn't even intend to talk about this today <laughs> but apparently when I picked up my phone that's what was on my mind you know and I just want us to get to a place as humans uh where we feel like we evolve you know like we we've put something to bed like I certainly believe life on the earth right now is um, probably much, much better than it was 2000 years ago. And it's certainly much, much better than it was 500 years ago. And uh, I do believe people of color over 40, we also are old enough to remember our grandparents' stories and the stories they shared about their childhood. So even on our worst day, we know we have a way better 
than previous generations. And yet we still haven't advanced. And not all of that is because of racism. (laughs) I'm just, I just can't buy into that. You know, sometimes you just have to do an accounting and look at yourself and say, have I really done my very best? Am I doing my best? You know, even with circumstances being awful, have I have I done my part? And I know that's not popular, but I have also don't like being victimized or made to feel like I'm a victim of everything. And I think liberal people infantilize black people, you know, and I've had it done to me. So I know <laughs> to have somebody talk to me and sort of like pat me on my head like, I know. And I'm like, I don't you don't know shit about I'm not. I'm not what you're talking about. I'm not in the demographic you're speaking about. You know, I would put my education up against anybody's. Who are you talking to? It was really, really insulting. And again, when I can talk freely about things in this podcast, I certainly will. I look forward to doing so. Um, But yeah, anyway, I hope all is well in your individual world and that you are living your very, very best life and being your best self because that matters. And if you can do it individually, we can all come together as a collective and be good. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're going for, for real. Like, you just want to be able to get to that version of your life where it's good and it's good to be you, you know? And I feel like we're closer than ever. But again, I'm with people who want to call out BS because I have seen a lot of BS and a lot of these people like that, those actors, I didn't even watch it. I was like, I don't want to see this. You know, I don't think you can be a real activist and live in a mansion in in California. I, I don't think that's the real world. I've spent enough time in Los Angeles. I'm not really, that's not really the real world, uh, the Hollywood part. You know, because they don't go to the parts that would really uh, change them. You know, you can live in a bubble there. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. This armchair activism is over. I don't think you could take a ton of selfies and be an activist. That's just me. (laughs) Just do the work. Just get out there and stop taking pictures of yourself doing everything. If you want to help people, go help them. But you don't got to make it a photo op. Damn.